I have been looking forward to speaking with Alana Newhouse about her brand new book since I got it. Uh, and frankly, since I bought it as a gift for somebody. Yeah, I got my own. I, there was somebody I said they must have this book. It's called The 100 Most Jewish Foods, a highly debatable list. Alana Newhouse, founder of Tablet Magazine and author of this brand new book. Welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you so much. By the way, I love the fact <laughs> that you include the most obvious statement, a highly debatable list, in the title of the book. I mean, that is, that is great. <laughs> well, I needed to head people off because I knew yeah, everyone was going to fight with me exactly. immediately. You, you knew the barrage you'd be under <laughs> yep. with people going nuts about this, I'll tell you. Uh, and by the way, one other thing I have to tell you. Um, rarely, and look, I've, we've spoken about a million you know, authors and books on this show over the decades, Rarely do I say, but when I do, I think it's really cool. Rarely do I say, I wish I would have written this book or I have thought so many times about writing it. How many people have said to you that they've thought a million times about writing a book like this? I mean, I have to say a lot. Um, uh, and the thing that I always tell people is, is I, I would love to read your version too. I mean, that's the greatest part about the book. Um, I'm sure your list. Uh, I'm so curious as to hear to hear what uh, what you'd put on the list that wasn't here. By the way, and that was the best part of reading the book is that afterwards I spoke to other people who read the book and we were debating this: did this belong on the list? Where was this? Why was it the analysis of this food a little different or better, or the backstory of it a little different or better? I'm telling you that that's how you know you wrote a good book. Simple as that. <laughs> I'm so glad. All right, Ilana, New Ilana Newhouse is with us. It's the 100 Most Jewish Foods. Just came out in April, and uh, right, it's only a month old. Am I right about that? Yep, that's right. And uh, it's making it's making the rounds out there. All right, let, let's get to some of the controversy already. And obviously, it's not controversy, but you get my point. Yeah. Uh, you had to decide what to include. By the way, now I get a lot. A lot of this is because of alphabetical order. I understand that, but that apples ended up where it did when when <laughs> when so many of, and I think you even referenced this, or maybe the New York Times referenced it. I don't remember where I read it, um, where, where you know, admittedly, we're not 100% sure if it really belongs on the list, although Apple's does have a role, you know, in Jewish tradition. Uh, but right. but the, fact, the fact that it got such prominence, I mean, my gosh, I know the benefits of, uh, you know, of, of doing things according to the ABCs, but, uh, you know, a little... A little bit too, a little bit too much hype for the apples, if you know what I mean. I know, I, I get it, but and the, but the truth is, is that you know, um, doing this list alphabetically was really important to me, in part because, unlike other lists, I absolutely was not going to number this, right? Because the experiences of different Jewish communities throughout the world and throughout history simply could not be put into a value proposition like that, right? I wasn't going to say that the Jews in Poland. Were, had a more important experience of food than the Jews in the Iberian Peninsula after right. the expulsion, and, and right? Who, and who's going to tell anybody that their tzimis is not as exactly. important as his bagels? You know what I mean? Exactly. And I really, I wanted it to, I wanted everyone to understand that, I mean, there's only one, as I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk about, there's only one food that gets a numerical value on the list. Um, but everything else needed to be placed evenly a with every other option. A numerical value? What are you referring to? Pomegranates? No. What um, do you mean? So the only, I'm trying to think what you mean by numerical. The only food on the list um, that got a number was matzah. Ah, got it. Um, and matzah got number one because um, 
it is the food that was there at right. the creation of the, the Jewish people. Right, the food that accompanied the founding of the Jewish nation, simple as that. Right, right. and then, and, and more importantly, as a result of that, it is the only food that has been eaten by Jews all throughout history, no matter where they live. Right. Um, which is, I, I think, as far as, I'm, as far as I can figure out, not true of any other food. You know what's funny about what you did? It's that because when we whenever we discuss this topic here in the studio, it's always food versus food. It's always you know line them up and who would win in the competition. You know, Chulin versus Kugel, and who you know who mm-hmm. would, who would come out on top and why you know and all that. And we we talk about this. I mean, you know, what what Jewish group doesn't talk about food very often? So mm-hmm. we're always talking about these things. And you officially avoided that whole thing. Yet, <laughs> yet, yet you triggered the whole conversation. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone, everyone's doing exactly what. You're saying not to do because you said not to do it. I know. <laughs> I thought, that, and, it, and it makes for so much fun. I mean, you can't read this book in your living room without getting into debate with everybody around you, even if they don't have the book in front of them. That's yeah. right. I mean, anyway, that's really I, what I, I'm I, so excited. I think that's what I, set yeah, out to do. I think you're getting the idea of how much I enjoyed this experience of, of diving into your and certain things. First of all, I was thrilled that you hopped certain things. I mean, that you hopped that you can't walk into a kosher pizza shop without a sushi bar. I mean, <laughs> that, that, I, I mean when, when that, when that made it to the sushi section. First of all, I was sitting and praying that sushi would make the list in general. I mean, how could it not in 2019, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then that you got that you got it that there were the only people that, you know, include sushi in the most obscure or, you know, random places. I thought that yeah. was I thought that was really cool. And what was the other note I made to myself? Oh yeah. And when it comes to when it comes to dessert items. You know, babka and cake, and black and whites. You know, like I'm saying to myself, you know, I never really, I never really viewed black and whites as a as a really Jewish food until I read your book. You know, that I right. and I saw the explanation. It must have been interesting for you, because remember, Alana Newhouse, who's on our phone, did not do the majority of the of the analyses of these foods. Right, you left it to other people to contribute and to give their story or their history or analysis of the food. Right. Right, um, in part because I wanted them to talk about their experiences of their communities. Right. Some of these foods are not from Ashkenaz communities or communities that even exist anymore. Correct. Um, so it was really important to me that, and and some of them are from communities that are more from, and some of them are from communities that are less so. Right. And so I wanted people who actually had memories of these foods or real experiences of them, of them to be the ones to write about them. And th- and that also, by the way, you know, if we're going to talk about uh, you know a book causing angst and aggravation for certain people, mm-hmm. that also leads to to people like me sitting there going, no, if I was asked to do that analysis, yeah. I, I would have used a completely <laughs> different approach. Or why did a lot of give this guy or this woman the 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 chance that you know the the one who wrote about you know this other food would have been so much better with this one? I tell you, mm-hmm. I tell you, you have no idea. But, <laughs> someone said to me afterwards, you know, we were discussing some of my reaction to the book, and I said. And I, and I literally came up with with one of your contributors who I said, I don't know, their analysis, you know, whatever it came to them, I just, you know, I didn't think they, they really hit it. You know, like I didn't think they really, you know, hit the core of the matter. And of course, other ones I thought, you know, hit a home run with it. So I'm, all this stuff, whether it's the list, whether it's the contributors, all of it's debatable and it's so much fun doing it. I'm so glad. Um, uh, Alana Newhouse is with us. The book is called The 100 Most Jewish Foods. Uh, do you, is there anything that blatantly was left out, like that you discovered afterwards? Oh my gosh! You know, I can't believe they're they're right from this 
uh, edge of the community or from this, you know, from this tradition of the of the Jewish world? Why didn't I include this one? Or that has not happened yet. Yeah, no, it has. Um, the one that I feel really sad about. Um, there's a whole sort of universe of Sephardic um, savory pastries, mm. like pastries that that um, are very very important to Sephardic communities that have meat in them, or right. even are dairy, but they're salty. They're like main meal pastries. So, so Jin did not make it. Right, and also, but it's a whole universe of them that also includes barakas. Right, um, and. That's one that I feel bad that we missed. Now we could have a volume two. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Somebody what's all- said to me, you're going to do volume two? I said, no, the volume two is up to you people. <laughs> like, that's it. I'm done. Well, I'll tell you something. <laughs> if you if you open this up for contributions and you want contributors like myself and others to toss in suggestions, you'll have a volume two instantly, frankly. I, <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. I will. Now, when the Times did the review, and I, I loved the review. I hope you liked it. I thought they did a yeah. good job on it. When they did the review, they compared this to other lists you've done. I think one was music, right? Am I right? One was music. Yes. And what? Was, and there were a couple of others. So uh, we've done we've done songs, film, and books. And isn't it amazing that nothing comes close to the food discussion? And the others are nothing. great. You know, the others are great. If we if we would do brackets and have competitions in the other three areas, I think we'd get amazing feedback. But could you imagine that the food is the one that gets the most? It really. I mean, I think that there's. This is sort of an interesting, to me, I think this is what's most interesting is the point you just made. I think that there's a way in which food is like, it's a corner of the universe that we all feel almost brave and excited enough. There's almost no, it, it doesn't feel bad or complicated or stressful in the way that conversations that might pick up on other parts of what's going on in the news or politics or um, religion can feel like there's something about it that we're invested in and it's very stressful. Somehow, whatever we're invested in with food feels light enough or exciting enough that we are happy to fight with people about it. It, It actually causes us joy and makes us laugh battle over which kugel is better and i think there's another uh i think there's another angle by the way when 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 times are tough either individually or as a nation we're not always in the mood for a song or for a film but it seems yep. we're always in the mood for food <laughs> like yep. there's always a comfort in in you know either privately as a family or as a nation you know sharing that experience right exactly i think that that's right it's pretty cool um, pretty cool it is really cool and you know i have to say that my favorite part of the book is just seeing the people that I just, I can't even imagine ever having heard from some of the people that I've heard from in places in the middle of Montana, in the middle of Buenos Aires. (laughs) I mean, and writing to me with such spirited, passionate opinions. It's great. So I'm not the only one, huh? No. (laughs) I'm telling you. And and by the way, whoever helped you with the design, the cover, the way it feels, the inside, really, they they got how fun this book is supposed to be, I think. They're really great. Um, The publisher is a really terrific publisher, and they really understood that it had to, we really had to show the foods and make people feel like they were the foods they remember. Right. All right. You're ready for my two that I 
I said to myself, of course, you have to include that afterwards, but I never would have thought of it beforehand. You ready for this? Tell me. Leftovers. I mean, my gosh. <laughs> you know, and any, any Yiddish mama who's preparing feasts every Thursday and Friday for Friday yep. Friday night Shabbos knows that they can depend on really full meals Sunday and Monday night for their family because of leftovers, something that, frankly, non-Jewish people would never understand. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really, that is the one that everyone brings up. Oh, I love it. I love it. And then, I mean, you practically insulted my grandparents by including the used tea bag. <laughs> I have to tell you the story about the used tea bag. Yeah. My favorite story. We So we uh, shot, we photographed all these foods together in the studio right. in Manhattan all at once. So we got all 100 foods in the same studio and shot them at the same time. So it was like an army sort of fanning out and bringing all these foods in. And we had a spreadsheet on the wall where we were keeping things checked off so we could actually keep track of everything. And it's a, it was a November day. It was freezing. I, made it, I went to the kitchen to make a cup of tea. And Stephanie, the deputy editor, looked at me and said, do me a favor. Will you save me that tea bag? <gasps> and I said, sure. And then somebody else from across the room yelled, just leave it on the counter for me when you're done. And we all looked at each other and we said, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. The used tea bag. What are we going to do? We're already here and we have our hundred foods. And it was like some sort of reverse Hanukkah miracle. It turns out there were only 99 foods oh on our list. Oh, my gosh. And of course, and, I, and of course I'd used teabag last eight days. So the, <laughs> so the used teabag made it onto the list at the last minute. And the teabag that's in the book is actually the one that we used. Oh, that my day. gosh. I'm telling you, this thing is so amazing. I'm so glad I had you on to hear that story. And by the way, by the way, another thing, you know, these subtleties are not lost on some of us. When you do the kosher sushi page, that sushi is wrapped in a take I, you know what I'm about to say, right? Oh yeah. In a takeout <laughs> box with the with the hashgacha mashkiach tape around it. Which of course which of course, you know, is why kosher sushi is so much more difficult to open than regular sushi. So when we got it, the stylist, the food stylist started to open it. Oh my gosh. And I I yelled from across the room. I said, No, 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 you, you have to leave the tape on. Uh, it's the I most important it. part. I love it. That's so great. So great. A lot of new house with us. The book is called The One Under Most Jewish Foods. You will be happy and angry as you read this book, everybody. How dare she include that? And of course, she had to include this. I'm telling you, you have to do this. It's a great exercise for you and your family. And of course, the, the I mean, look, we're not ranking them as you as you indicated at the beginning of this conversation. That was never the intention. But obviously, bagels are in there, and you're a good yeah. New, you're a good New Yorker, so you knew you had to you had to pay proper tribute to uh, one of the most important kosher, or I should say, Jewish foods. Mm-hmm. I mean, I. Um, I think the bagel entry is one of the best ones, in part because it's really about a bigger idea, which right. is when, and it's a bigger idea about Jews in America. It's the question of when something goes from being Jewish to becoming so accepted um, that it's used by everyone, it almost assimilates. Does it lose its specific Jewishness? Right. How does it retain it? And basically, the author of the piece effectively says it doesn't. Like bagels are, they're on this list almost begrudgingly at this point. Right. But they don't feel to us Jewish anymore. They feel like they're American. Um, and so the it's on the, the bagel, list in part. The bagels be, have assimilated, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, and then if you look at like, you know, the, the trends in horrible cream cheese, it's right. like the blueberry cream cheese. It's, just, it's like, it's not, it's not for real. Now, the only so anyway. thing, and I'm looking here, obviously I'm doing this quickly right now, so I don't remember everything that's in the book. But the only thing my grandmother would have put in this book that I don't think you did, and if you did, obviously you'll tell me, uh, was sugar cubes because she could not have a glass of tea without a sugar without a sugar cube in her mouth. That's <laughs> so, great. Yeah. And then, of course, there was a debate: the big sugar cubes, the tiny ones. You know, there was always a debate. That's terrific. <laughs> Next time. Uh, by the way, and by the way, that's the greatest compliment for you. I told everybody in our studio that day that I wish I would have been asked to write some of these. I wish because I had so many great concepts for them. <laughs> and I'm sure everybody else who's reading it thinks the same thing. By the way. I, I am. I mean, I'm tempted to do another volume of it. Um, but or sure. or when the paperback comes out, you could just add fifty or, or twenty or whatever the number may be. You know. You know, some um, actually, uh, um, somebody came up to me at an event that I did and said something to me that made me smack my head. Um, she said, "You know, when you put out the paperback, you should have a page." For the hundred and first, where you let people write in their own. Excellent, I love and it. It was such a good idea. I love that it. That I regretted not doing it. It you, was so. You could even so inc- you could even include a page with a hundred suggestions from people like me and others. Exactly. You know, that, that came after the book. And by yep. the way, and by the way, of course, you know when I read the Bobka page, I stood in proper respect, you know, because uh, it is <laughs> it is Bobka after all, you know. <laughs> and we should indicate, by the way. Oh, and. That you the I'm just actually I'm flipping through it now obviously so so you'll see why I'm up to the bees. Uh, you included Buxer, and this is one of the running jokes here every time we do our Tubishvat special. You know, it, Buxer love it or hate it, and really nothing in between. And of course, Marjorie Ingle, who you asked to do that, basically caught that whole thing. You know, mm-hmm. ba- basically encapsulated uh, the 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 attitude toward Buxer, toward the carob on Tubishvat uh, by young and old. So I thought that was funny. Like it, it was great to see that so many people think like you do, and by you I mean you know the audience that that people think like us when it comes to this stuff, and it's not limited to to our own. Own, to our own brain that you know we go through this whole process when it comes to these individual foods so i thought it that really, was really cool. it, it's really been, it's amazing to see i know that um i know that people come from so many different kinds of jewish communities and one of the things that i've been so heartened by is seeing not just how much of the experiences are shared but how even the experiences that are not shared are so interesting to other people. Mm-hmm. Like when I was in the middle of San Francisco, there were a bunch of people there who were not necessarily religious and they didn't necessarily keep the rules of Shabbat. And they were so interested in how the food was determined by Shabbat. They, they were so fascinated by that. And they wanted they, they just, they wanted to know more about it. They wanted to understand that that's how they got the food legacy that they had. And it was just so lovely to see and so lovely to see that they felt like it was part of their culture. too. And, and you have just hit upon such an important point and something that the more observant people in this audience, I wish would keep in mind more often. We don't realize sometimes how it is the food that really keeps people connected to our people, that keeps people connected to our tradition and you know, and and really serves as a magnet, whether it's the Passover Seder or a million other occasions, including now. You know how popular Friday night meals are in, in the New York community, at least. I, I think that's nationwide, if not worldwide. Uh, it, it's a very, very important uh, aspect of keeping people involved and within our community, which is you know obviously a big benefit. I have to tell you, there's one uh, one story that just that it's been 
I'm, I'm actually sort of glad I'm talking to you because there's one story that's been bothering me for a few weeks. I got a voicemail from a rabbi um, who was very upset about the book, in part because he really felt that it was shtus and felt it was garbage and that this was, I was basically letting people off the hook and allowing them to engage with food without actually engaging with religion and I didn't see the book that way at all. In fact, I think that food is placed inside of the history of the Jews and the history of Jewish religion, Jewish people, in a very specific way. But he didn't. And I thought to myself, you know, it's just, there's such a missed opportunity to be able to have a conversation with people who aren't like us. Of course. Over this topic, because it finally feels like something that everyone wants and everyone loves. And somehow it made me so sad, and I've sort of never really, I haven't shaken it. And I haven't actually responded in part because I don't really know what to say. But, but basically what I feel is just this deep sense of sadness about it. And as you know, because you know me, I am sad by what you've just reported, but it doesn't surprise me, unfortunately. Yeah. And if only people would get the bigger picture and understand how these, these what seemingly mundane things can be so vital uh, in terms of keep people keep keeping people connected. Uh, yeah. So I don't think it's stus. I think it's phenomenal, and I Thank and, you. and I think it's a a great exercise for everybody and a fun one. You know, there are certain books that are published where you can open them up and start a conversation with your family and just have fun doing it. And I think this is a wonderful example of it. Uh, as we demonstrated, by the way, over Pesach, when I uh, when I started tossing out <laughs> different things to my family that you had written about or that your colleagues had written about, uh, about the specific items, we started debating them and how did this get into the book, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, okay, one last thing we should point out, Alana Newhouse. You've actually included, and I think this is an amazing uh, an amazing bonus, you've included recipes for every single one of these items, mm-hmm. which is great. People can that make, was, people can make them on their really own. That was really important. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was really, really important to me um, that, especially because there were a lot, especially because we have a lot of people who don't grow up in homes where um, right. their mothers make these foods with them. Right. And it was really important to me that people who now understand where Kugel comes from can now make one. And could you imagine um, if, if you imagine if this spurred somebody on to, you know, say to their family, you know what, every Friday night now we're going to try a new dish, or we're going to, you know, and make it an experience together. I mean, look. There is actually a community. Um, I don't want to publicize it yet, but there is a community that may be undertaking to cook all 100 foods oh, is that um, cool? together uh, every week. Well, you know which, um, one, you know which one, I, you know which one I don't want them to cook. I know which one, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but we can all, we can all go and go there and have sugar cereal on Shabbos morning. <laughs> That's true. That, oh, and by the way, did you ever, I don't know if you ever read Joe Lieberman's book about Shabbos, but he, he, uh, yes. he writes about, um, he writes about sugared cereal and, and the newspaper Shabbos morning. And I, and I called him up and I said, Mr. Vice President, you have no idea how happy I am that I know that you and I share the exact same passion every <laughs> single Saturday. And it was great. It was great. And he, and he, 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 he portrays it as such an amazing part of his Shabbos experience. Again, something that that rabbi who you spoke to probably wouldn't appreciate, but something that I you know, just fell in love with. So I was great. I was so happy you included that in the book. 
I'm so glad. All right, you've uh, you've gotten a lot of praise from us today for good reason, and I hope every- thank you so much. <laughs> I hope everybody in this audience takes advantage of a lot of Newhouse's very hard work. She's put <laughs> she's put together the definitive. Oh, although you really can't say definitive when on the cover, when on the cover you say debatable, <laughs> but arguably the definitive 100 most Jewish foods. Check it out, everybody. Alana Newhouse, editor in chief of Tablet Magazine, and the publisher's uh, uh, name is what is publisher? Artisan. Artisan. Artisan publisher. And obviously, it's Amazon and everywhere else, right? People, yeah. I think it's in the Judaica stores also at this point, right? Yeah. So it's it everywhere. Is. Congratulations, and thank you for uh, for really giving us a, a lot of fun hours with this uh, brand new book. I'm so glad. Thank you so much for having me. A pleasure, Alana. Alana Newhouse, everybody. The 100 Most Jewish Foods, a highly debatable list. And as you heard, Alana's ready to go toe-to-toe with us on every one of her selections. More coming up. You're listening to a Monday morning edition of JM in the AM.